The following podcast is presented by Together Washington. Together Washington, we are seeking to build bridges across divides and tell the inspiring stories of those building the common good. If you'd like to support or get involved with Together Washington, go to togetherwashington.com. We've got Gary Hawkinson with us today. Gary is uh, regarded as one of Snohomish County's most public public servants who has done so much for Snohomish County, former mayor of Edmonds, and uh, we're so glad to have Gary Hawkinson with us today. Well, thanks. Good afternoon, Tim. Well, Gary, I tell you, you are living in my favorite town in the whole world, Edmonds, Washington. And, you know, it's beautiful today. I'm staring out the window at the at Puget Sound with all the white caps and Mount Baker, and it's just a gorgeous day here. You know, they say something like it's an Edmonds kind of day. Is that is that right? That is what they say. It's a Chamber of Commerce slogan that goes back decades, I think. <laughs> Gary, let's uh, let's talk about your your time in Edmonds. Uh, we're, we'll we'll kind of trace some of your your time as well in, in Snohomish County. But let's uh, let's talk about your time in Edmonds as mayor and uh why why did you decide to run for mayor <laughs> well you know i i had retired from the business that i had operated for many years and uh was kind of looking for something to do and uh on a daily basis i'd run into some folks who uh were city council members and uh i didn't know they were city council members at the time but i learned that and they said well you know you should get involved you should you know, you should get on the city council. And I told them I really didn't have any interest in politics and, and it just wasn't for me. And they kept after me and after me. And eventually I uh, applied for a vacancy on the council and was appointed to the city council. And those same folks a couple of years later were asking me if maybe I'd be interested in running for mayor. And again, I said, nope, not interested, really don't want to do that. And so I started paying a little bit more attention to what was going on in town and it occurred to me that uh, the city council members and the mayor, none of them had any business experience. And so I, I did a little bit of digging and I thought, well, maybe I could maybe I could do some good here. So eventually I ran for mayor and won and then I ran and won again. And then I ran and won again. <laughs> so it was a, a long story. <laughs> wow. So you, you got you won three terms as mayor of Edmonds. That's correct. Wow. Is is that a Anybody else get three terms, Edmonds mayors? That that has not only never happened in Edmonds, but I think it's only happened one or two times in all of Snohomish County. Wow, that's a what a, what an incredible accomplishment, Gary. It certainly says a lot about uh, your leadership and just who you are as a person. I mean, that's just absolutely tremendous. I mean, is uh, is there um, is there a plaque up that that signifies your domination of Edmonds politics over that time? <laughs> I don't believe so. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, you you mentioned you know the business acumen, and let let's I guess let's let's pivot from there. And you, you had some business acumen, didn't you? I did. I uh, you know I when I got out of college, I went to work for the J.C. Penney Company and, and worked for them for several years, and uh, decided that really I they wanted to transfer us back to New York or Dallas and some of those cities. And I really wanted to raise our kids here in the Pacific Northwest. And so I started looking to do something on my own and uh, learned that a, a fellow department manager of mine felt the same way. And so we broke away from pennies and started our own business. And 
back then it was called Above the Belt, and about 15 years into it, we changed the name to Zoomies, and today Zoomies has about 800 stores worldwide. Wow, that's a. Uh, and wh- where's the uh, where's the furthest Zoomies that you visited away? Oh my gosh, that I visited. Hmm. Well, I haven't. You know what? I, did I see one in London? I can't remember if I saw one in London or not. But probably just Hawaii. I think would be the furthest outside of the the continental states. Yeah. Wh- which island? Uh, they're on all the islands over there. Oh, actually. Really? Yep. Okay. Yep. Have to have to check that out next time. Uh, next time I'm out there, I didn't realize they were uh, on all the islands. It's kind of fun. I mean, that's uh, yeah. Thinking it about is. oh, I was just going to say it's a it's a pretty incredible story that two guys working for J.C. Penney could end up creating something like that. It's not something I think you could probably go out and do today in today's economic climate. Yeah, I mean we're we're in uh, interesting times when it comes to that. I mean, g- give us the if if someone was getting ready to do something similar to what you did, what would be the advice that you would tell someone? Um, obviously, it's a different era today, but what would you tell them? You know, I, I have sort of made it a habit of mine over the years that for for people who are interested in going into business for themselves, that I've made myself available to them to, to chat with them. I've got a couple of guys in Denver that have done very well for themselves that flew up to meet with me and, and talk about that. And uh, it is such a different world today because, you know, we're, Zoomies is mall-based, and malls are, are almost becoming a thing of the past. And so uh, just like anything in retail, you got to learn to change with the times. So uh, folks that are, you know, that are going out and starting today, uh, boy, you just got to be ready to work really hard for quite a while and hope that you get some breaks along the way. Now, Gary, I mean, thinking about, your desire to run for office, thinking about um, th- that moment when you said, you know what, I'm throwing my hat in the ring. Um, <laughs> that must have been an interesting moment for you. A more interesting moment was when I told my wife I was going to throw my hat in the <laughs> ring. <laughs> I didn't really tell her. I asked her, and we, we had some long discussions about it. And, uh, you know, my roots go pretty deep here. My grandmother had a farm here in Edmonds when I was a kid. I'd come out all the time and uh, and we loved it here. We still love it here. And, uh, you know, this is pretty much my town. So uh, I think for me it was I just I really wanted to be able to uh, I wanted to be an accessible mayor. I wanted to be someone who was available to folks all the time. They could call me. They could come by my office. Uh, you know, I would return phone calls to them. And you know, I wanted to know uh, what people were thinking. I wanted to know how to make decisions based on what people thought. And in the end, and there's a lot of times where you have to make a tough decision, but you have to make a decision based on what's best for the 40,000 people that live here. Yeah. I mean, think about the, the the sort of environment we're in today, which is, even though it wasn't that long ago, Gary, that you were serving as mayor, but things have changed a little bit since since your time. When you look at how things have changed in so many ways, in our society, politically, uh, even in the city of Edmonds and in Snohomish County, what are the things that you think about when you think of the the changes, whether they're good or whether they're uh, not so good? What, what do you think of when you think of the changes that have happened? Sure. Well, you know, I think one of the things that, that really, uh, when I go back to, let's say, that first four-year term as mayor, uh, you know, we had one local newspaper in town. Um, Social media hadn't even touched the surface yet. 
And uh, over those next probably eight years as mayor, social media became a uh, a popular item as it is today, and and I think it gave more people a voice, uh, you know, for for better or for worse. And so I think the good part of that is it brought more people's involvement into politics. I, I recall that. Uh, we had, you may recall this as well, but in downtown Edmonds, there was a, we have the fountain at the fifth and main uh, intersection. And uh, a drunk driver ran into it one night on July 4th, I think, and destroyed it. And so uh, the Arts Commission decided that they were going to uh, create a new one. And so they had public hearings in town to talk about what piece of art was going to go into the middle of, of fifth and main. And there were so many people involved in that, that the chambers, the council chambers were not only full, but we had to uh, pipe the, the audio into another room uh, in the building so that people could attend the public hearing. And I used to joke that uh, more people came out for that than they come out to a, a budget meeting when we're spending $30 million of their money every year. <laughs> so I think uh, I think people started to pay attention more to government then. And again, that, that can be for better or for worse. And uh, as we got later into the decade, and uh, I think partisan politics started to play a part in local government, which, which frankly, you know, I mean, that's just the way it is. But uh, I always felt that, you know, at this level, at the mayor level or the city council level, you can create change in your own community. And if you're in Olympia or you're back in Washington, D.C., it's harder and harder to to you know, create change for the better in your own community because you just are too far away from it. Mm-hmm. So I think people's involvement has been much more now than it was back then. And again, that can be looked at for, for better or for worse. It's interesting. Uh, the last few years I've noticed, and this is more anecdotal than anything, typically, you know, I'm in Seattle, you know, I've lived in Seattle, um, and of course, the you know the the center of of, of the news organizations is is here in Seattle, and typically Edmonds isn't you know making news that much. You know, every once in a while, you know, you you kind of make Edmonds will be you know say in the Seattle Times or you know, but it's usually not um, consistent, right? Right. But it seems like the last few years, Edmonds is just uh, is is uh, for a variety of reasons. Um, has been in the media quite a bit. Uh, I, I've noticed uh, just, and it's like one of those things that you kind of. It's like when you get a when you get a new car and you kind of like, oh, you kind of see your car around. Uh, it, it's, it seems like it's been one of those things you kind of notice it quite a bit more. Is that am I am I off on that? Is that is that just uh, something that um, I'm kind of just noticing and but really isn't anything new, or is that new? No, I, I think it's new, and, and I think that does relate a little bit more to uh, what I mentioned before about partisan politics, and uh, it's not just Edmonds. It's happening across our country, and uh, obviously you're going to read about it in Edmonds because it's a, a little different situation than it's always been in the past here, but there's been lots of controversial issues that have uh, brought people out uh, from from both sides of an issue, and uh, and a lot of those sometimes we'll make the news and i mean you're in you're a little bit in the news business there i mean people like to people like to have newsworthy stories and so you know there's there's a there's always a battle between local news outlet news outlets and and say you know the everett herald which doesn't normally cover much in Edmonds, but they seem to be doing that all of a sudden 
when you see that, does it make you say, ah, oh, man, I, I wish I was still in the middle of it, man. Th- this gets me excited. Or you do you say, oh, I'm glad I'm, I'm done. <laughs> no, I, I think I'm glad I'm done. My, my time was over and, uh, and times are changed. They're different now than they were before. And, uh, that doesn't mean that I still don't uh, pay attention and, and, uh, that I don't, uh, let my feelings be known when it's necessary. But, uh, no, I, I don't. I, I I miss the people. I miss the employees at City Hall. I I miss the citizens that you know would come up to you on the street and stop you in QFC and say, "Hey, you know, what are you doing about this? Or can I help?" You know, those types. Of, I miss that. And yeah. but I don't miss being in politics. Yeah, yeah. Gary, it's interesting. You know, I I grew up in Edmonds, and it's interesting how things have changed. I remember growing up on a Friday night. You know, we'd have, we'd say, goodness, are we going to Claire's Pantry or Skipper's tonight? <laughs> and my, how, how things have changed in Edmonds. I mean, it, it's kind of become this this destination now. It's it's like the Carmel of Washington. Uh, I talk to friends here in Seattle. I can't tell you how many friends I've had from Seattle move up and long to move to Edmonds. Oh, I can't wait to move up to Edmonds. It's become uh, kind of a destination now. What do you make of that? Well, I think it's it, that's always been the goal, starting at least from my involvement in politics all the way through till now, is that the Chamber of Commerce and the city have, have always done whatever they could to uh, become a destination, to bring folks to town. Uh, you know, the, I think there's only one hotel in Edmonds. So basically the story has always been, let them come and shop and spend their money, and then they can go back home. And, uh, and that seems to have worked out pretty well. And I think uh, the the Carmel description is apt only because, you know, we are a seaside town, but also because, you know, housing is difficult to find here, just like it is in Carmel. And taxes are becoming higher here, just like they are in Carmel. So uh, I think it's 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 a tribute to uh you know, the elected officials and the, and the Chamber of Commerce who recruited good restaurants and, and created a, a shopping environment that folks enjoy, lots of little shops that uh, are unique to Edmonds. Yeah. Speaking of hotels, I mean, is there anything in the in the master plan or, or was this something that you discussed when you were mayor of, you know, put bringing in a few more kind of boutique style hotels? I mean, that would I'm sure that would uh, be significant for tourism and and i'm sure there's a number of uh, probably corporations that would love to put a couple boutique hotels in edmonds it it certainly has been talked about over the years the the difficulty is there's no land and so you know i don't know where you would put one um you know that's probably the biggest issue because the city is pretty well built out um and there's just there's not any available space that you could even put a boutique hotel in. Yeah. What about what about just getting rid of Rory's and uh, going right there? <laughs> well, now you you would upset a whole segment of the population <laughs> if you did that. <laughs> when you think of the the future and and you think of you know twenty years from now, where where do you where do you see the the opportunities? And where do you see the challenges in Edmonds? Well, the opportunities are always going to be there, I think, for for merchants and retailers to 
to find their niche and, and you know, make a good living here in town. The, the challenges are going to be, as I mentioned before, housing. It's just very difficult. And we've gone through a, a period here over the last year or two years where, uh, you know, if a house comes on the market in Edmonds, it's typically gone within the first couple of days. And we've seen that change a little bit now as, as we've sort of dropped into a slump economically where now prices are coming out and they're dropping them right away trying to sell them and houses aren't quite selling as fast as they were. But nevertheless, uh, there's no further land to build houses on either. So 20 years ago, you could find lots of property here that the builders would say it's difficult to build on. It's too hard. Uh, but now it, it uh, is paying off for them. They've They've found ways to to go ahead and spend that money and to, to do whatever improvements they have to do on a piece of land that was difficult and, and buyers are ready to, to live here. So uh, I think that's always going to be the challenge for a town like Edmonds because, you know, we're pretty much locked on one side by Puget Sound and the other three areas were surrounded by cities. So uh, the only way there's going to be more growth would be, you know, more condos or more apartments and, and uh, the zoning doesn't allow that in too many other places either. Yeah. Let's step back a little bit and and chart out a little bit of your history. You mentioned about your grandmother's farm there in Edmonds, and it would be great to hear a little more of some of your upbringing and and, and some of those memories from uh, coming to the farm in Edmonds and how you got to be where you are today. I'm sure there's so many uh, people in your life who influenced you, who inspired you. And, And when you think of your life today and you think of how you got here and you think of those who inspired you and this, the, the steps along the way, what, what are the things you think of? Well, first of all, I'm a Seattle guy. I, I was born and raised in Seattle, just, just a little bit uh, South of Northgate. And, uh, you know, all my, my family, uh, yeah. Maple Leaf was the play field. I went to all the time to, to, uh, play softball or baseball or football or whatever it was we wanted to do during the summer. It was, a, it was such, I've told this to so many people, it was such a different time where you could walk six blocks down to the play field and play at the play field all day long, come home in time for dinner. And I mean, it was just, it was safe. There was never any problems. Uh, you know, I, I drive by the old neighborhood every once in a while and I can remember how we'd play uh, football out in the street and now you can't do that because there's cars parked on both sides of the street. And, mm. you know, you can barely get through one car at a time. So so my upbringing was there. I went to St. Catharines Elementary School and Blanchett High School and um, eventually graduated from Seattle U. That's right. Well, I don't know if you can call them that anymore because they have a different name now. I think. Well, what but, are they now? Uh, well, they were coming up with a new name. I just saw in the alumni newsletter, and I don't recall what it was. But, uh, you know, sign of the times there. Um so, you know, I had a, a Catholic upbringing, and, and uh, my my grandmother had, as I said, her farm out here. It's actually where uh, what was then uh, Olympic Elementary was built on it when she sold her land to the school district. It's now Edmonds Elementary, mm. still in existence today. And, that's where uh, I went for uh, kindergarten through second grade as good old Olympic Elementary before it, that's before right. it closed down. That's right. Right on my grandmother's farm. Wow. That's where it was. Yeah. Pretty wow. cool. So uh, and then when we when we my wife and I had our our two sons and uh, we had started the above the belt business and and we had lived in Ballard that's where our first house was that we bought for some ridiculous amount of money like eight grand or something like that <laughs> and, and uh, uh, we we 
had our offices for, for above the belt. They were up out by Everett Mall, and so we thought we'd move out to Linwood. So we moved out to Linwood and stayed there about eight or nine years and then slowly snuck our way into Edmonds, and we've been here ever since. I think it's been, uh, gosh, it'll be going on 40 years here pretty quick. Wow, incredible. You you mentioned, I'm curious your thoughts, Gary. You talked about growing up in the Northgate area and just going down to the park and, you know, certainly a different time and, you know, we're in Seattle um, and, you know, shoot, we won't even with our kids, even if they're out in, in the yard, we're watching them, you know, <laughs> right. no, I, I get it. Uh, why do you think uh, what a what a what a shift in in when you think of the scope of human history? Right. It's not that long of, of a time. Right. When you think of, you know, the, the last, uh, you know, 40 years or so. Why do you think things have shifted so much you know and we sold our house in ballard and moved to linwood in 19 i'm going to say 77 i think right after our youngest son was born and at that time and i'll call it ballard it was 80th and dibble but uh it was the same as it was when i was a kid you could just walk out on the streets you know everything was safe you didn't have you just didn't have those kind of concerns and and so I, I really had, for many years while I was involved with the business, I didn't really pay a lot of attention to the politics in Seattle and what was happening in Seattle. And it's only been in the last maybe 10 years or so that, that you know, a lot of this stuff has really come to my attention just because, one, I've had the time to be involved a little bit more in it, but also because people have made the comparisons to uh, hoping that Edmonds doesn't turn into Seattle. Mm. And I think that's a prevalent uh, feeling around the town of Edmonds, and they see what's happening in Seattle, and, and then they don't want that to happen here. Now, how does that happen in Seattle? Well, a couple things, I think. One, it's a big city. So, uh, you know, you're talking about how many people you have there versus 40,000 people in Edmonds. So uh, you're going to attract uh, many more people into, into the Seattle area than you are into the Edmonds area. And it's, it's just that's just the way it is. Um, and I also think that politics has had to have a, a, a play in the situation. And, and you, I always used to say when people would complain about who got elected, I said, well, you get who you vote for, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and so uh, as politics has changed in Seattle, I think so has the town. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, you get who you vote for. And speaking of, how do you think the mayor of Edmonds is doing right now? Well, I don't think I'm going to answer that question on the air. <laughs> you know, everybody, I, 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 I've had to answer this many times, but I'll, I'll use mayor as a verb. Everybody mayors a different way. I wouldn't choose to mayor the way he's doing, but it's his time and it's his turn. And uh, that's who the city of Edmonds elected to be mayor. So, uh, you know, if they want to change that, then there's an election coming up in a couple of years. After you uh, finished your third term as mayor, Gary, you then went to the Snohomish County office and served as the executive director of Snohomish County. Tell us about that. What was that time like? Well, when I was in my, my, I made it public that I wasn't going to run for a fourth term and people were constantly asking me, well, what are you going to do next? And I said, you know, I don't know, but something will come along. And uh, one day in the, I think it was my third year of the fourth year term, uh, the Somers County executive, Aaron Reardon, came into my office and asked me if I'd be interested in 
coming up to Everett and being his, at that time, was called the deputy county executive, which basically means uh, that you're going to run the, the, the business of the county day to day, and he would be handling all the politics and the the um, policy issues that, you know, come before. So it was appealing to me. It was a Monday through Friday job, no nights, no weekends. And frankly, as mayor, I was working, you know, pretty much every day. So I talked it over with, with the family, and we thought that was the best thing to do for me at that point in my life. So I went ahead and, and uh, went up there, and it was a, it was an interesting time at the county for sure. Um, I was, uh, as I said, deputy county executive, and the county executive then ended up leaving the county for a multitude of reasons, and another county executive, John Lovick, was, came in to fill his place. Bill uh, Reardon's place, and uh, John Lovick then brought in his own deputy executive to replace me. And at the same time, he asked me to stay. He didn't. He didn't want me to leave. He wanted me to stay there in the county. So I, I ended up being taking a, a new title called uh, something executive. I, I forget executive. I don't even know what it was called. But, <laughs> but uh, a memorable title. Time it was. Yeah, it was. Uh, after the sort of turmoil of what happened with the, the Reardon exit from the county, uh, we quickly uh, went into the Oso landslide, and that occupied, frankly, about the last year and a half of my time at the county. I uh, was sort of overseeing the entire Oso landslide operation, and that was uh, that was just a very interesting time period. Mm-hmm. What, what was that like for you? You know, for me, it was very difficult. Um, you know, I, I was up there. I, I drove on the roads that people couldn't drive on. I, I ended up taking a multitude of pictures up there that I still look at every once in a while, particularly on the anniversary of that event. And uh, the hardest part for me was that I was, while the the recovery was going on, trying to find survivors at one point, but then transferring over to just looking for victims it was hard. It was every day. There were so many people that worked out there, and it was just it was just a dedicated group of folks that searched and searched and searched. And I remember we were down to just finding the last victim, and I was speaking actually at the Edmonds Rotary Group to them about the Oso landslide. And in the middle of that, and, you know, I, I never would take my cell phone with me, but this particular day I had it with me, and it rang, and it was the sheriff. And I had to excuse myself in the middle of my talk to answer the sheriff's call. And all he said to me was, we found her. And I ended up crying uh, right there in front of the Rotarians because uh, that was a big deal. We found every single victim. There was there was nobody left missing. Uh, and that's a credit to the searchers and the sheriffs and the search and rescue folks and everybody that was out there. But then my real job began was I had to meet with the survivors and the, the landowners and uh, you know, figure out how to get them back on their feet, how to get the town of Darrington connected back again into the main line because they were blocked off basically from civilization. And uh, lots of, of, of folks that just didn't know how to deal with what had happened to them, you know, spouses and, and sisters and brothers and, uh, and the chaplains that you mentioned. I don't know that I recall, Ralph, but there were, there were several up there. They were just – they just did a great job of – uh, I finally had to have some of them come to some of the meetings that I had to keep people were just distraught and uh, it, it was just uh, it's mind-boggling unless you actually witnessed it in person 
I don't think you could you could ever understand what happened up there. Mm. Sobering, incredibly sobering, and you know I will bring up just I think it's important to to note just the I think the the relationship that you had with with my dad who was a chaplain, and I know he had uh, such a fondness for you, and he, I mean he even before. Gary, I, I knew you uh, that well. I, I knew uh, of just, you know, you, your character and who you were as, as a person uh, from what my dad would uh, tell me about you. So that certainly is a uh, true and and uh, just, yeah, thrilled to you know, thrilled that you had that relationship with him. Well, and I, I'm appreciative for it as well. He was he was a great man and uh, helped me through a lot of difficult times. And uh, I actually was going through some things that I unboxed in one of our moves the other day, and I found a Bible that he gave me back in 2002 with an inscription on it. Mm. And uh, it was, I still, I'm just humbled by my friendship with him. Gary, one of the things that in your, I guess, quote, retirement, that uh, <laughs> I don't know if you would consider it that, but one of uh, your projects that I know so many in Snohomish County are so grateful for and what a success is the Edmonds Waterfront Center. Tell us about the Waterfront Center. I uh after Oso uh in twenty fourteen I retired from the county and uh the following year after I'd enjoyed a little bit of retirement, uh the executive director of the Edmonds Senior Center asked me if I could meet with him in his office and I'd known him for many years uh in that position while I was mayor. And uh, the Evans Senior Center was in a building that was 50 years old. And if you took a marble at one end of the building and put it on the floor, it would roll down to the other end of the building very quickly. It was sinking into the water, amongst other things that were falling apart in there. And he wanted to meet with me to talk about uh, a building that they wanted to build, a new one, to replace the Senior Center, and to, to, to knock down the old one and build a new one. And wanted me to join the board of directors and I had some misgivings about it because I really felt like the senior center as it existed today and maybe across America even existed uh, really it just didn't seem right to me that we're just taking our seniors and locking them into a building and say you know enjoy yourself when uh, they've got so much wisdom that they could share with the younger generation and vice versa the younger generation can share with them and uh, Farrell Fleming was the director's name, and, and he said to me, he says, well, I've got good news for you then. He said, because we're going to build a multi-generational center. And uh, from that point on in 2015, he, he had me, and I've served. I'm in my eighth year on the board now, and my last is uh, a capital campaign uh, fundraiser and also uh, the board chair for the last couple of years. And uh, we we did indeed knock down the old building, and our, we've raised uh, well. We needed to raise seventeen million dollars to build a new project, and um, I, I just got an anonymous donation uh, yesterday that they contacted me, and we are down to I think just a little bit over three hundred thousand left to raise of that seventeen million. And wow. this community has been just so supportive uh, with with their money and, and allowed us to build this that. Uh, uh, and it's open now. You know, COVID gave us a little bit of a, a scare because we were trying to open the building when COVID hit, and so we had to sit off of it for a little while. But now it's there. It's active. I was just in there this morning. There's people there all the time. We're serving meals. Um, there's lots of events, for, and the city takes it over at night and puts some of their programs on there. 
So it, it's turned into exactly what we were hoping it was going to be. Yeah. Well, I'm excited because we're having our, get this, Gary, my uh, 30th high school reunion. I'm helping uh, organize this for Edmonds Woodway High School. Uh, and we're doing uh-huh. it at the Edmonds Waterfront Center. Awesome. How about well, that? If you've been in there, you, you'll know that it's it's just a gorgeous view and a great building. And it, it, we're just we're just excited to have it done and, and have it serving the, the you know the southwest part of Snohomish County. Are you seeing um, use for it, like, like regional use, or is it primarily just local use? Uh, no, it's regional. Um, you know, we do lots of weddings. Uh, it's a it's a great venue for weddings. There's been uh, some memorials there. Uh, just I, I can't tell you how many health and wellness programs go on there uh, throughout the day that our staff puts on. Um, Bastier Clinic's in there. We, we've just, uh, the director's just done a great job of, of increasing usage, and people do come from, from all over, uh, you know, probably from Everett through Shoreline. Wow. And you said the Bastier Clinic. Yep, yep. So we do, we do, and we've we've done vaccines. Uh, uh, it's just been it's just been a great addition to the Edmonds community. Hey, I wanted to I wanted to ask you this. This is uh, in honor of my dad and and your friendship with him. You know, my dad when he was in broadcast, he had a um, kind of had a signature question that he would finish all his interviews with that I'd like to to ask you if that's okay, Gary. Sure. And he, and he'd always end his interviews with this question, how do you want to be remembered? Oh, wow. Well, first of all, let me just say that I wish that I could have listened to your dad's radio show. <laughs> uh, and that was down in Southern California, right? Yeah. Well, he uh, had a, in was, a couple different areas. Yep. Yeah. I wish that I could have heard some of those. That would have been great. You know, I think I would, in this community, I'd like to be remembered as someone who cared about Edmonds and wanted the best for Edmonds. Mm. Oh, that's wonderful. Well, that's certainly uh, that is certainly the case, and uh, you have uh, been such an incredible public servant for so many years. And uh, how, how are the boys doing? How are they doing? You know, my youngest son lives in Kenmore, and he's doing great. We just had dinner with them a couple nights ago, and our oldest son uh, lives in London, and with my two granddaughters, who I miss terribly. And uh, so we're going to go visit them next month and, and spend some time over in London in their new house. And uh, we, we, we tried to go, we, we tried to alternate every other year, but COVID sort of got in the way of that. And so uh, we're looking forward to doing that and traipsing all over the countryside in, in Great Britain. <laughs> yeah. Well, here, here's, you ready for the lightning round? We're going to end with the lightning round. Oh, man. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Favorite restaurant in Edmonds? You know, I think it's impossible to pick a favorite restaurant in Edmonds. Well, you're just going to have to, Gary. I will tell you that tomorrow (laughs) night we're going to Five Restaurant, which is just right up the street from us. We were down at Las Brisas a couple nights ago. Gosh, you know, when I was mayor, I always used to try to go to every single restaurant, and, and I still do that, so... Uh, it would be hard for me to pick one if you if you had to pick a uh, you know a certain type of food. There's even different restaurants that serve the same type of food, so you got lots of choices there. <laughs> You're still a politician, Gary. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> How about your favorite coffee shop? I have a feeling we're going to have the same answer. <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, there's, there's, there is quite. You know, quickly a fast story is that when, when uh, Tully's came to town, all the people were all up in arms about Tully's coming here to serve coffee because it was going to put all the small independents out of business. And then Starbucks came, and, <laughs> and when Starbucks came and Tully's came, that only increased the amount of small coffee shops in town. So it, it really never did hurt to do that. So it uh, depends on the mood I'm in. If I'm out walking around. I would have to say I would go to Walnut Street Coffee. All right, that's a good one. Red Twig's not bad. Yeah, it's just a little further walk for me. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> Tell what is your give us your favorite uh, day trip in Washington? If you're going to take a day trip, what what are you going to be doing? Well, I think we we're still pretty partial to seaside towns, so we kind of head up to La Conner, maybe up to Coopville. You know, those are the the places that. That remind me, I guess, of Edmonton. Maybe that's why I don't want to get too far away from it. That's good. Favorite movie of all time? Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Ooh, all right. That was easy. <laughs> Favorite album, music album of all time? Oh, you know, the drummer for Creedence Clearwater Revival is a close friend of mine. We're neighbors in Arizona, so their albums are my favorites. I, I have them scattered around the house here. Wow. Does John Fogarty ever ever stop by and visit? You know, they had a falling out, John Fogarty did, with the rest of the band, and that's what actually ended Creedence Clearwater Revival's run back in the day. And so, uh, no, he doesn't ever swing by. (laughs) (laughs) Favorite television show of all time. The drummer has been here, but I'm favorite favorite what? Favorite television show. (sighs) Boy, you know, I don't even hardly watch network TV anymore. You know, between Netflix and Apple TV and some of those other ones, we we just sort of watch whatever happens at the moment. I I have to say maybe I like watching, you probably have never heard of this one, but it's called Escape to the Country. It's a British show where, a real estate show, where they take folks out and show them homes in Britain. Mm. You're right. I've never heard of it. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds exciting, though. Well, it's fun. Yeah. All right. Favorite d- date night that I- anywhere... Your favorite date night memory of all time? I would say last year on June 26th in Carmel, California for our 50th wedding anniversary. Oh, wow. Hey, and I, even man, when I brought up Carmel earlier, I guess it I had know, some meaning to it, huh? We've, we've been there four or five times. We had our honeymoon there and uh, we've gone back, tried to go back as often as we can. Wow. I love it. I know our listeners are encouraged by the time with you. Longtime Edmonds mayor, uh, Snohomish County public servant. We really appreciate you joining us, and we're grateful for you and and so many years of dedication to the community here in the state of Washington. Thank you so much, Gary. Well, thank you for having me, and thanks for all the good work you're doing in Seattle. I appreciate it.